So Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese, I thought we'd be done with this by now, but Flotus got involved and now it's hit a different level. That was Comedy Central. That was The Daily Show. By the way, what are they doing with The Daily Show? I'm trying to figure it out. Right? There's a whole mix. Yeah. Um, so he kind of nailed it at the beginning that there were just people out there. I could see it. Who really didn't think anything through. And when they saw Angel Reese celebrating, they don't watch enough women's basketball to know that there was a background there. Oh, yeah. Um, that Clark had been doing it. Um, also, if you listen to this show, I had been getting on Reese from weeks ago because I think she's a bit of a showboat, but so what? That was also why, wasn't it? Was it Florida and LSU when the Florida player just freaking whipped the ball? I don't know if it was at Reese, but I remember we talked about uh, – who did I bring up? Some lefty. It wasn't, was not it Mark Langston, right? And I talked about a Florida player just gunning the ball, right? But that's the way LSU played that way all year, you know? And so did Clark. They're brash. They talk trash. Um Hey, I was getting on the the young lady Haley Van Lith, who I think is like a little little weird, like try too hard. She's lady. the uh, she's the Kobe protege, right? Um, but people hadn't watched women's basketball, so they didn't know there was a whole background here. And then one being outraged because women are talking trash to one another it shows you don't watch the game. Two, I think it's really insulting. I think it goes back to something we talk about all the time. The last thing that women want in sports is the you go girl. Like, a di- like grading the games differently. When you watch and you react and you comment, you do the same thing you do when you watch the men. That's just the way it goes. It's not, it's, you're, you're actually cheating them if you don't give them the same coverage and you, you, know, you expect there to be, what, a politeness out there? Why? Well, that's, that's kind of what I thought about the, you know, when Joe Biden is, is inviting Iowa and she's looking at it as, hey, these girls just tried so yep. hard. It's to- very cool. Totally insulting. But here's the thing. She doesn't know. And she no. comes from an era of course. where it is you go, girl. Yeah. And I don't. she had no idea of all the angles this thing could take. And it's exploded since. Yeah. And I, I think she was, she was really trying to do something good and genuine. And I didn't like it. No, you hate but, it. But, I, but I, I, think, I don't think it came from a bad place. It was an era as, as just like, hey, look, these girls are doing really, really well. They're trying so hard. Like, this is such a cool story. Let's just have them come together. And I think you do a disservice when you're not like we pick villains and heroes in sports. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. And winners and losers. Yeah. And when you don't do that and you're like, hey, they're all winners. That's disrespectful to them, to me. It just is. And so that that's where I think, you know, it was kind of lost in, in that you can you can say that, hey, it wasn't there was no ill intent behind it. But at the same time, it was the wrong move because you're not treating them as you would any other athlete. Yep. And I, I threw the question on our rundown. Is Joe Biden a moron or a racist? I don't think she's either. No. I just don't think she's aware of sports culture. And yeah. she didn't know the history of being invited to the White House, that the winner gets to go. And it has become a really big deal that is extremely politicized because there have been people who have turned down the invites over the years. And yeah. I, I'll get to it. Um, so Reese, who got skewered for like a couple of hours before the other side came in and was like, cut it out. Stop being wimps. Women can talk trash. And if you want to judge, you know, classless or, or whatever, you can go ahead and do it. I'll tell you one thing I didn't want to hear is, um, you know, no one says anything about the guys when they do this. Yes, we do. So again, you're not, you're, you're not a sports viewer. 
if you think that's the case, we talk about guys, we have judgment on guys who talk trash. So it's not, it wasn't just going after a female. I don't think it was a racial thing, but there are a lot of people who do think it was. And I, there, I'm guessing there were some people out there who, you know, hit their tweets and they were disturbed by the image. Cause it, cause everyone has to come up with a good guy, bad guy. And Hey, if you go back, look at this market, right? The good guys were UNLV. The bad guys were Duke. The good guys were Michigan. The bad guys were Duke. But what was sold in the early 90s, that Duke were the good guys. And they weren't. No. They were allegedly bigger cheaters than both UNLV and Michigan. Duke. Yes, that Duke. Yes. But we do these things. Now, I like what Reese has done, Angel Reese, the LSU player who was talking trash. And got that strong reaction, getting called, you know, classless, scumbag. I like that she's embraces and she's and she's talking, but I think she's taking it to depths that she doesn't realize where it's going. Um, she was on with Brandon Marshall. I don't know what podcast this is, but the LSU player was talking to Brandon Marshall and uh, first started, you know, talking about um, the insult over, hey, we won. Why is the White House inviting Iowa? If we were to lose, we would not be getting invited to the White House. And I remember she made a comment about both teams should be invited because it would be the it was sports, sportsmanship. And I'm like, are you saying that because of what I did and what like that stuff like that? It, it bothers me because you are a woman at the end of the day. And you're supposed to be standing behind us. Hmm, interesting. I don't even I my guess is that Joe Biden doesn't even know what happened. Well, she was there, wasn't she? Yeah, I think she was sitting. Oh, hey, good, great job, everybody! And she, I don't think she paid attention to what was going. on. I don't know what floor. her sports background is. I would assume a person of decent intelligence would understand what was going on there. That one team won and the other didn't. No, no, no. I'm talking about the 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 ring oh, pointing, the, the, the oh, pointing the at the finger, yeah, I don't, and the wave. I don't think yeah. I don't think she saw that. I, probably sportsmanship reference was just to hey, like we said four minutes yeah. ago. Hey, that, nice guys, job, ladies. You guys had the the most watched game ever. Everybody was into it. It's a it's a year where you know the the men's ratings are at an all-time low. The women's ratings are at an all-time high. Great job for what you guys did for women's sports. Let's all come together and, and enjoy it. Ooh. No, that's not the way it works. But that, I think that's, where, that's what she was going for. Here's the LSU player, Angel Reese, talking about an apology. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't accept the apology. You Jill, said what you Jill said. Biden. First lady. I said what I said. And, like, yeah. you can't go back on certain things that you, you say. I mean... You felt like they, they should have came because of sportsmanship, right? They can have that spot. Like, we'll go to the Obamas. We'll, we'll, we'll see, <laughs> I'm going to see Michelle. Does, I'm going to see Barack. I think I would have some conversations with, with the Bidens first yeah. to understand what was said there. Um, I don't this – this is a weird one. Do you think the Obamas would be like, no, go to the White House? Well, they, might, they might come. Right. I think they might show up. Okay. But they wouldn't, obviously they wouldn't. I, I, I'm guessing, I'm just like I'm guessing, you know, Joe Biden, had no, Joe Biden was not talking about the wave when she talked about sportsmanship. And I don't think, I my guess is that knowing how young people follow politics, I'm guessing she doesn't know how close the Bidens and Obamas are. Like That's just a guess. That's just based on how young people seem to pay attention to politics. I'm guessing they don't know how close they are. And that they probably would not do that. So we're talking about Reese from LSU, Clark from Iowa, the trash talk at the end of the game. 
Clark had done the, you know, the similar whatever thing in front of the face in games before that. Uh, Reese had consistently been talking trash, just like Clark did throughout the season. They enjoy what they're doing. Yep. And and by the way, trash talk is intimidation. And I, I think LSU set out because this is the way Kim Mulkey is. I think LSU set out from the beginning of the year. We are going to intimidate people. And they did. And there's nothing wrong with that in female sports. I mean, are there lines of trash talk? I suppose. I don't get offended by much at, at this point. Um, but it's blown up into this. So now we're in limbo. I thought this was really interesting because I think there's another force behind the scenes here. And I'm wondering what was said before the game as motivation. Because uh, Reese talking about locker room visits, I hadn't heard this before. Did you guys speak to the first lady? No, apparently she was supposed to come to our locker room before the game, but we said no. Before the game? Yeah, they were all, she was supposed to come to our locker room and go to Iowa's locker room. I don't know if she talked to the, the lock, them. I don't know if she did. But we said we didn't want to. We didn't, we didn't want her coming Why? to the locker room. I think Joe Biden had put somebody else to win a national championship. He didn't even put us on his, his bracket. When I, when I saw that, I was like, wow. Okay. She seems unsure about some of the things she's saying there. We should have details here. But one, if if you're getting motivated by what the president puts in his women's bracket, that seems weird to me. But one of the first things I think of in using the bracket as motivation, Biden's bracket as motivation, and we, the team, said we don't want her to come here is Kim Mulkey. Yeah. For sure. Which, by the way, I might have missed it in the last six hours. We've been doing the show and getting ready for the show. Has Mulkey spoken up on this? Or is she doing what she typically does? Just laying behind the scenes. Because I'm seeing it reported everywhere that uh, Angel Reese, they've turned down the invite to the White House. Isn't that for the coach and the school to decide? You would think so. Okay, what's going on here with Mulkey? I don't know, but also, let's let's also point out. The bracket. The Joe Biden. I got mad at the bracket. Do you know who Joe Biden picked? I have no idea. I do. Who? His local school, Villanova. Oh, okay. Like that. Like, what are we doing? It's just silly. There's a lot more to this story. It's just, it's silly. And again, if you make $2.4 million and you're one of the five biggest characters, including the players in college basketball, come on, let's go. Let's speak here. But I think she's not speaking for a reason. And I do think and I actually I don't want to I don't want to have to say in three days that uh, Angel Reese doesn't realize that she's being used as a fall guy. She's being placed out front because she's willing to be out front, but because this is what the coach is looking for. I, I am guessing Biden made it political, though, because I think he picked Michigan to beat LSU in the second round Stop. because Michigan I do. I think because Michigan voted for him. And did he say that? Did. No, but I'm, I'm guessing. Really? That's what that's what politicians do. Oh, my God. They're like, oh, this state votes for me. This one doesn't. Let me, let me pick an upset here. Yeah. I think that's how we do. I think that's how politicians do their brackets usually. Hmm. It's, it's that that's a ridiculous comment. All of this is great for women's basketball. Yeah, the attention it's getting is great. You've got people having captions over trash talk, and now we know every time this happens, and we've seen it, we've seen it before. Multiple athletes have said, "Hey, I don't like this president. I'm not going." Right. And we judge on who's invited and who's not. So these standards have been set in years past. So it's not to be surprised that people are looking at it this way. Right. Stick to sports. Not everything can be stick to sports. No. 
There's an outside world. But I think it's great for women's basketball, and I think it's going to be great for the WNBA. Um, I actually, I I want the question answered. Why can't Caitlin Clark go out now? What is this lawsuit? Yeah, I want her in the WNBA. It's it's going to be good for women's college basketball that she's coming back. She would walk right into the league and be an impact player. She's awesome. Very good. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, she'll probably make more in college than she would in the WNBA. Not sure about that. Who's making the Ricky most scale? Who's making the most? Is it two fifty the max? Uh, yeah, but she can get endorsement deals. Well, she can get them in college too. Okay. Who are the leading breadwinners for NIL and in, in women's college? Well, Livy Dunn, mm-hmm. number one by far. Number two, uh, I think Cavender Twins, mm-hmm. basketball players. Well, uh, yeah, I think she'll see. get a boat. I think she'll get a boatload locally from Iowa fans. But that isn't that's another topic, right? We actually hit on this last week with Lindy LaRock, UNLV women's coach, about if the WNBA can't get, and she's not eligible, but can't get the best college player to pass up money for NIL because things are bigger and better in the WNBA, that's not good for the league. Now, it doesn't matter because she can't go. By the rule, she can't go. Right. But it would be tremendous if she actually pressed it and said, lawsuit. But actually, in this case, the rules, if the rules change, it would help her make more money now. Because if there was a rule that she could leave, she could leverage that against local sponsors and say, I can go to the WBA, WNBA or I can stay here and make more money from you. But she doesn't have that leverage. Did you see the narrative over the weekend? And maybe I just heard this from someone I was watching the game with. But um, I heard a male voice say, I love this about the women, that they're fighting hard, a lot of trash talk. They care more than the men do in the NBA. But know. it's no, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Meanwhile, I just I just watched an interview with or a podcast with uh, Pat Bev, and I don't think he's the outlier, but basically trying to threaten Dylan Brooks <laughs> a few weeks back, kind of having fun with him, but also trying to intimidate him a little bit. So the guys care, of course. Trust me, especially this time of year, the guys care. Of course they do. It's ridiculous. So waiting on Kim Mulkey to speak up. Yeah. I don't care what she has to say. So <laughs> I never will. Coming up, I want to talk about the umpires in Major League Baseball, the uh, pitch clock, because uh, Manny Machado got called out and then tossed. Um, I think this is really dangerous in Major League Baseball, the kind of power that umpires can exist, especially if they're not going to call it down the middle. And if they're going to get emotional over the stuff they get emotional over, they can use this as a really dangerous tool. Field and Company is live at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers at 702-766-1400. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. Don't forget tonight, another Aviators game at LV Ballpark. Bark in the park. Aviators playing at home, their opening series, all the way through the ninth $2 beer night tomorrow. That's on Thursday, but tonight, Bark in the Park, another game going down with the uh, Aviators. 7.05 first pitch. Baseball, first weekend's been interesting. I think we're going to have some issues with the pitch clock. As players get used to it, 
thought they could work out all the kinks in the spring, but maybe everyone didn't experience the ultimate downside of the pitch clock. And that is the umpire's discretion to make calls. One, if a pitcher goes over and two, if the batter's not paying attention, which man, I think that can be interpreted a lot of different ways. And Manny Machado was, there was something going on with Machado and whoever this umpire is, Ron Culpa. And I guess at one point, Machado called Culpa while standing in the box and kind of playing with his gloves. He called him a douchebag. And then shortly after that, Culpa's like, clock violation, not paying attention, and tossed him. This would all be okay if I trusted the umpires to always regulate the games with no emotion, but we know they don't do that. We had a, we had a catcher. We had Jay, uh, Real Muto thrown out. JT Real Muto thrown out of a spring training game because he and the umpire had miscommunication on throwing the ball back to the pitcher. Real Muto put his glove back to have a ball placed in there, and he was like, oh, I remember the last one he threw out. So he pulls away the glove. The ump drops the ball to the ground. He's like, you just showed me up. Yeah! And throws him out. By, by the way, you know, something I thought about today in, in doing sports radio for like 30 years now, why is baseball the only sport where the officials have the ability to throw someone out that easily? Think about it. Basketball. No, no, no. No, no, no. I easily. You don't see a lot of coaches get tossed. College basketball and NBA coaches have to do a lot to get thrown from a game. Baseball, it seems like like it's something that's welcomed in the game. Why is that? Well, Why are we throwing out players in the first inning? Like, it, it's almost as if baseball's always done this, and then you're just like, like, can we actually think about it a little bit? Why? Why, does, why, why does a group of guys on the field have the ability at any point to alter the game without something really serious happening? You call someone a D-bag? You realize what goes on on the basketball court or in the NFL or in the NHL? Why is this tolerated? Well, part of it is rules, right? I mean, I I actually think people by the rules should be thrown out more in baseball. Because technically, it's if you – I believe the way the rule is written, yeah. if you leave your position wherever you are, which means stepping out of the batter's box right. or – stepping forward from the mound or coming out of the dugout to argue balls and strikes, you're ejected, which doesn't happen immediately right away. Right. But I, I mean, I think that's the way the rule is written where they should probably be ejected a lot more. Do we really want that? Is that the of course of the not? Rule? Of course not. But I think the rules help like foster that environment. If, if you're called a D bag, I know this sucks to hear for officials there's a line, but it is part of the game. There's going to be some verbal abuse. Yeah. There's going to be some frothy language. Can we all chill? And now that they have this ability where it's like, oh, now I can get them on this pitch clock thing. I mean, I can't wait until we have a postseason game and we have to have a pool reporter go in and then ask umpires, what does not paying attention mean? Well, you what does a batter not paying attention mean? Not ready. What do you? What? We did have the uh, the Tim Duncan ejection for the laugh. Like we do, we do have ridiculous ejections in other sports. Baseball. How, just how often has a Tim Duncan baseball just happens? One a lot. one in twenty five years. Sure. sure, it's it's a daily thing. 
Or is this what they want? It's, I think it's what they want. Do they? Is part of the is the benefit of this not only speeding up the game, but bringing back the ump player arguments, ump well, manager arguments? Because they really with the with the replays, we took it out of the game. And let's also let's also point out that in baseball, it's like there's 162 games. You get thrown out. No, you no, get thrown no. out. I, you, I think you know you don't believe it. that. I think that's part of you it. You don't too. believe that. Every Which game will counts. Get you, out. you can miss the playoffs by a game for some nonsense well, and, that happened in game 31. And the same ups are calling series. Right, so you're getting more and more frustrated yeah. with them by three games. Like, th- there's just a lot of things that I think are more conducive to potentially throwing guys out of games. But that doesn't mean it's right. I don't, I don't like it, and I also don't think that they avoid conflict enough, where you could just ignore it or walk away, and you're attacking it and going after it. Like, they welcome it, they want it, they want to be part of it. It's the ump show. Like that that happens. See the A's game today? Uh, didn't see it today. Okay. So, so they lost six four today. Uh, yesterday, I feel like the series has been going on forty games. The uh, yeah, game sixteen. The, the the A's and Indians going at it. Uh, whoa, whoa! I'm never. I I I hate the Guardians name, and it's just you know <laughs> it's their name. I still do Redskins. It's their name. Yeah, Guardians. Guardians four three game yesterday. How was the crowd? Uh, well, there was the umpires, the players. And then like 30 other people. 3,400. First series of the year. She's just laughing. It's good. Hey, when they come here, they're gonna their payroll is going to be $150 million. Be a whole different thing. They're getting Howard Terminal. Go build a nice stadium. People will go. You think? Yes. After all the sour feelings down the stretch here? Yes. They're just going to forgive them with a brand new stadium. Yeah, it'll be nice. Be of, then seven years later, they'll have to pay two hundred eighty million more to upgrade it. <laughs> well, that's, that was a weird story. Yeah, I think you, I think you have a, a nice stadium and a in a nicer part of town, a good place to go to. I think people will go. Giveaway time: three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero. July twelfth at the Fortress AXS dot com is where you can get your tickets for Burt Kreischer fully loaded world tour. Burt Kreischer two tickets. How cool is this? Three six four eleven hundred. Ari Caller 7. Ari's got the tickets for Bert Kreischer. Wednesday, July 12th, T-Mobile Arena. Tickets on sale, AXS.com. Right now, though, get a pair, 364-1100. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ. Or tweet the show at Cofield & Co. WrestleMania. We got a lot going on. A lot going on in wrestling. Now with uh, Endeavor buying WWE and Vince McMahon. I thought he was retired, and then all of a sudden he's everywhere. Ryan McKinnell is our guy on lots of things, but he's our guy on wrestling from Sirius XM Channel 156. It's Cofield, it's Adam Hill, Big Mac. What's up, Ryan? Hey, I'm back. Good to be with you. And I'm, and I'm so glad, Steve, to be back this week to talk Adam Hill's favorite subject, professional wrestling. What's up, fellas? Well, I, I wanted you on today. I, I'm talking I wrestling and I'm being serious. And I already told Adam, during the break, that we're doing a real wrestling conversation yeah. here. We're not going to do your silly jokes denigrating the sport. They just got sold and purchased by Endeavor. It's a big I'll, deal. Yeah. They're worth $9 billion. I'll show you that I'm serious, and I know that Roman Reigns has been the champion for years. Nobody could beat the guy. You'd think at one point he would at least slip up. Maybe something would go wrong, but he's been preparing and focusing, and he has not let himself down <laughs> you are such at a all. Jerk. Not one time. I can't do this. Not I can't one do time. this with the K-fameness of this all. I can't such a jerk. Not one time has he slipped up and allowed somebody to beat him. That's a lot of focus, uh, Ryan. 
Yeah, yeah. I hate, I hate Hi, it so Adam. much. Good like to hear you your did. lovely voice. I, I just, yeah. oh that was serious. Stop. Yeah, it was so. Yeah, Although no, I, I mean, I could I could hear the genuineness in your voice, Adam. It was honestly, it was overwhelming. I have a tear in my eye. Thank you. Well, yeah. I did see you tweet that you're a gigantic fan of the Roman Reigns show in general. That yeah. you just want to, you want more and more and more of this. Well, I, I did tweet out this uh, <laughs> a tweet <laughs> a statement that had uh, these mixed martial arts diehards, especially after the Endeavor Endeavor deal, in their feelings, saying I, I would love to see a story where. And you're right, Steve. Roman Reigns has been on a run that's uh, or Adam, I should say. Which man, that seems weird. Uh, over two years in terms of, of being actually over about three years in terms of being undefeated and, and an extremely long run as champion in terms of the modern era. This isn't something we see a whole lot of. You'd have to go back to I mean, Hogan had a, a huge run in the 80s. Uh, Bruno San Martino before him, Bob Backlund. But uh, in today's professional wrestling world or sports entertainment, as uh, Vince McMahon likes to say, what a mas- mustache, by the way, Steve, coming back. Uh, after yeah. all that time away, I know you being a fan of the, uh, you know, the mustache, uh, Vince the, was really the, rivaling the, you there. But I was going to say the, the mustache uh, fits the allegations. Sarah. Bro, I can't. Can you Creepy believe mustache? Can you believe he gets pushed out of the business? He gets pushed <laughs> away from WWE. He has to leave for sexual assault allegations, rape cover, you know, all these things that he had to. Uh, pay women off for right he comes back looking more pervy than when he left like it's such a it's such a move steve yep nine months nine, nine. months he served his penance and <laughs> and he's back and he comes out looking looking like that you know he just cashed in made a, a crap ton of money from endeavor um, yeah. but you know they still own 49 percent of it um i want to get to that angle with usc in a couple minutes mckinnell's with us yeah, yeah. um did they make the miz wrestle on back-to-back nights and what was what was more interesting for you, Snoop Dogg or the night before? This is like old guy's nightmare. And I shouldn't say that about Shane McMahon because he's actually in he must be in great shape because I saw him do that split in the air and then he blew out his leg. Uh, but what was, what's going on with the Miz on back to back nights? Bro, you got you got to stretch old people. Listen, before you do anything physical, I don't care what it is, you know, get down and, and stretch out the muscles. Yeah. Shane O'Mac went down. You know, I, I, I mean, Miz is a, a classic heel. You know, people love to hate him uh, in terms of the uh, night two match. I, I don't think he was expecting to even have a match. I don't, I don't, according to reports, we weren't sure exactly what was happening, but then uh, actually you're talking about that Shane O'Mac for those that missed it. Shane McMahon came in surprise return to the WWE um, had a match with Miz in the middle of the show that wasn't booked, wasn't talked about. And Shane, blows out his quad uh but the real genius really of that segment was snoop dog who was a part of the segment before in ring and kind of introduced shane to come down and take care of the miz he's in there and they improvise while shane is is on the ground unable to move it was clear to everybody watching in the crowd that that shane had a serious injury i mean he watched his leg pop in the middle of the ring and you don't make a return just to have an injury angle. You know what I'm saying? So he was clearly supposed to be in this match. Snoop Dogg goes in there, improvises, throws a curveball, jacks Miz in the face, and then lands the people's elbow of him, saves the segment while Shane is getting wheeled out of the arena. Uh, just a really veteran move from Snoop Dogg, kind of playing into his decades in entertainment. The man knew exactly what to do. It was uh, it was pretty cool. But you know what? The whole weekend, Steve, you know, I we've known each other for a long time, all of us, and, and I've been to World Series. I've been to championship games. I've been to division series, some of the biggest fights in the world. Guys, nothing compares to the spectacle the stage setup the yeah. pomp and circumstance the mania brings i mean it's, it's crazy and you guys know like 
I, I like my pro wrestling in the squared circle, not outside of the business. And, and, and as the years go by, it seems like this world is getting crazier and crazier and more pro wrestling. -y. I, I really like uh, what the WWE brought to WrestleMania. It was just my jaw hit the floor, man. And SoFi Stadium is really impressive. Yeah, I saw you guys all kind of bagging on not only talking about how cool SoFi was, but bagging on Allegiant. Oof. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you've been to both, and you think about the money that was spent on both, Steve, I couldn't help but sitting there in SoFi and be like, well, why doesn't why doesn't Allegiant feel like this? Why doesn't this the sight lines, the feel of it, the the food selections, the parking? Um, not in, in infinitely better than Allegiant. It still obviously had its problems. It is, after all, SoFi in that part of Los Angeles. But it just the natural light, the way it's constructed, kind of like a European soccer stadium. I just I really, really liked it. It was six billion dollars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why I, mean, I, get I don't know. You, I, I, I feel like you're. You. I feel like you're going heel today. You have bashed on SoFi v. You no, back. No, no. You back SoFi. No, because so, I've, so I've done this. Allegiant, and then an hour ago, Justin <laughs> Watkins is in, and you're you're defending Allegiant like you have a piece of the the ownership. No, no, no. I've because I've I said this year one when SoFi opened. I said, "Wow, <laughs> infinitely better than Allegiant. It really yeah. is. It's amazing." But then, so what's people, the problem? People people fired back at me. It was three times as much. Like, yeah, you're right. That, that's okay 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 factual. so why couldn't we why do we always have to play second fiddle to los angeles right? you wanted us to contribute six why? billion well well i don't want to get i don't want to look like the lesser stadium we, I'll we tell you paid that. for the whole stadium you want us to throw six billion at it now yeah, yeah, okay that, that's a fair point we did fair essentially point. yes we did okay but it, 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 Steve, that, Steve, this is Steve. That, this is one of those yeah. cases with Adam. Like Adam can talk about bad about Las Vegas, but no one else can. Yes. When he when someone else does, he he gets all puffy in the chest. It's they're different stadiums. SoFi is a true football stadium, and yeah, Allegiant is more like an arena, which is cool for sidelines. Yeah. It just doesn't have as much room. We know the parking. Well, hopefully it's going to get better. But the the original footprint of the stadium just wasn't that big. Um, I want to get to Endeavor purchasing yeah. wrestling and what it's going to do. I but I I wanted to point out. Um, and again, I am a consumer of TikTok. I wouldn't have known about this almost guy and Lesnar going against him if it weren't for TikTok. Can you talk about like the, the I was talking about it last week. Brock Lesnar is six four and like three hundred and ten pounds. This this new giant they found. This <laughs> yeah. is he looked so little against him. Yeah, and, and he is as big in person. I was hanging out at the uh, host hotel after uh, night two of WrestleMania and almost was in the bar, tow literally towering over everyone. You're in a, you're in a bar full of you know, Braun Strowman and Edge and it just all these you know pro wrestlers that are obviously gigantic, yeah. and in comes almost like doubling their size. And he, he used the right word there, Steve. Found him because almost really is a project. He came up through WWE's developmental system. I'm gonna be honest with you, like. Up until the point of, of this match with Lesnar, I can't say he did a lot to deserve it. His work is still developing, but there are people inside WWE that, that are high on him. And when you look at him, it's understandably why. But make no mistake, at that opening match at night when WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar was absolutely about Brock Lesnar. It was a nice spot for almost to get some shine on him, but uh, that was very much a showcase for the Beast Incarnate. Had an incredible walkout, and uh, you know Lesnar looking as intimidating as always, and, and, and got the win. And uh, we'll see what twenty twenty the rest of twenty twenty three has in store for him, and into twenty twenty four because he's obviously a, a a big commodity over there. In, in it, it was interesting, Ryan. You had pointed out that with the entrance of Lesnar, looking yeah. back on what. UFC had done with him that they actually didn't use Lesnar as much as they should have in terms of the phenomenon that he is. 
Yeah, I mean, well, listen, they did give him a title shot after him yeah. only I mean, being one I mean and the, one in the. I mean, the yes. marketing, the marketing, yes. and, and the entrances. Well, listen, and... yeah, this could be said about anything in regards to the WWE uh, comparatively to the UFC, and really what Dana White prefers. Adam, you can attest to this. Conor McGregor, Chad Mendez. That great walkout, I believe it was UFC 189, Sinead O'Connor and Aaron Lewis dueling live performance walkouts. That's about as pro wrestling as MMA has ever gotten, and it was awesome, right? I love it. Maybe it's my fandom of pride and going back to those Japanese MMA, MMA days, but I would just really, really love to see a bigger spectacle right with the UFC and mixed martial arts in general, in terms of the entrances, the pyro, the hype, it's all a part of the package, right? It's, it's, and you know, boxing even does it. I don't know what it is about Dana White and his, and his hard headedness and his refusal to make his product better, because I really don't know anybody that looks at that and says, yeah, I don't want that. I don't want giant fireballs and kick-ass music and like live (laughs) performances. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's not like, you know, your sport, Dana, it's not like the UFC is like highbrow and above doing stuff like that. It's just ridiculous to me. It leaves me shaking my head so often. What do you think of that? Like, isn't, is the, is wrestling being in the fold with Endeavor going to seep into UFC at all? No. I wouldn't you don't, you don't think there's going to be crossover of the athletes, oh! some crossover of production, some okay. promotions no, back well. and forth? Like, I, I think I already saw. Again, it was on TikTok. I thought I saw McMahon and his creepy mustache, like trying to give nicknames, new oh, names God. to some of the USC stars. It was Stay off. terrible. Stay off. It was it was terrible. But I'm like, okay, this could be something <laughs> they try. Stay off, stay off TikTok. Uh, oh, no, I I don't uh, I I don't expect it to change much. Now, man, who's fighting this weekend for the UFC at UFC 287 in Miami? Israel Adesanya. Just a couple fights ago, had a huge Undertaker-themed walkout. So, listen, we've seen bleed over for decades. Ken Shamrock, Tito Ortiz, Ronda Rousey, Brock Lesnar. I mean, this list really does go on and on and on. Uh, some of the greatest mixed martial artists in the world have taken their stab in professional wrestling and, and vice versa. It's a real uh, – they're, they're basically really close cousins, almost brothers uh, in terms of business. But I, I think both of the men in charge – of their respective businesses, Dana White and Vince McMahon are, are pretty hard-headed and pretty set in their ways in the terms they like, the way they like to present their product. And I don't care what anybody says, Dana White is not a professional wrestling fan. He's just not. He, he doesn't. He'll do business. He'll, he'll have a friendly relationship with Vince McMahon. He'll respect him. He's talked openly about how he respects his business model and his tenacity and what, you know, he does as the head of WWE, but I don't think Dana particularly likes the way professional wrestling is presented. And, and it's just also, I don't think you want to have the fans worry about anything. This is a $20 billion deal. It is literally the prime example of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. All right, Ryan, good spot. Uh, I know tomorrow you're on uh, 156 on Sirius XM with our buddy RJ Clifford, right? Yes, sir. Going to be talking UFC 287, the rematch of Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira. And uh, I mean, yeah, I'll probably yell at RJ, too. So it'll be a good time. He's my Adam on Sirius. Yeah, and don't, then don't let him bully you on wrestling. Don't let him do it, because I know he's anti-wrestling as well. Don't let him do it. Yeah, they're anti-fun. That's why I, really I compared want, RJ to Adam. I really, want more, human beings. I really want more breakdown of that Roman Reigns run. Shut up, Adam. It's Goodbye. Very, impress- very you impressive. Go. See you, Ryan. Thanks for your time. Bye. What is what is what is wrong with is uh for you, you didn't answer the question. Is there going to be any kind of crossover, some co-promotion? Like it, I think 
I don't think there's much for there's not a whole lot. I guess there's something. There's not a whole lot for the wrestlers to do in crossing over because you're not going to make them fight in real fights. Time for it. But I do think UFC guys going over there and doing the play fighting for the promotion would help some of the fighters. Yeah, I think they probably will do some of that, make it appearances and things like that, and you know, throw a you know guest appearance out there and hey, come watch me actually fight. I don't know. How does that work money wise though? Because UFC's money pay structure is a lot different than WWE, isn't it? Sure. Imagine if you're getting, you make a couple of appearances, you make more than you make the entire year for three fights with UFC. Maybe I should just keep doing this. Doesn't hurt as much. Right? So I don't know how they manage that under the same umbrella. A lot to work out. It's a lot to work out. Pretty amazing, though. People think uh, professional wrestling and, you know, it was a joke and they don't like UFC and now they've got this what, property that's worth freaking if, over $20 billion. What if Vince is just like, wait, you pay them how much? Why am I paying these guys so much? Join Cofield and Company live every Thursday at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook. Weekly giveaways and awesome game day food and drink specials. Thursdays, 3 to 6 p.m. at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Stick your hand in there, Dave. You know, it's funny. Earlier in the show, we were talking about some weird report that came out that Viking Stadium, the Minnesota Viking Stadium, that's seven years old. Uh, some assessments. <laughs> they paid a company the... Uh, whatever it is, Minneapolis uh, Stadium Authority paid a company to do an assessment of the stadium after seven years. And the report was, by the way, that cost $527,000 to get the report. And then the company said, we recommend uh, upgrades and fixes uh, to the tune of $280 million, which is over a quarter of the price it originally cost to build well, one of the, signs the stadium of the, seven years ago. One of the signs of the concession stand is damaged. Yes. So my crazy. Lord, the stadium game in all these cities, we just saw a story come across in the San Diego paper uh, reads here. An investment group is pitching a $2.5 billion MLS stadium and sports complex on the Chula Vista Bayfront. Uh, this report says that the MLS has never engaged with this group and is right now only considering one other group. Uh, one, you and I are both rooting for this not to happen because we're big fans of uh, staying in Chula Vista. I don't want sure. the hotels to go up. Sure. Uh, two, a two point five billion dollars. Like, how big is this complex? You know, it's it's a For MLS. It's really funny, and it sounds like it's just a scam, is what it is. Uh, that I was sitting, I was sitting in the lobby, kind of where the hub of activity is in Houston, uh, with all the coaches and everything. And um, there was a San Diego, a San Diego State fan couple that was sitting by me, and they were, they definitely had money. They're talking about how much it costs to go down there. They were a younger couple, but. Um, Really just, you know, they said it cost, it was like $8,000 to get on a plane and come. They did it that day. They were just like fired up. So they had money and he was like, hey, this is, you know, don't, don't put this out there. I'll do it now. Uh, he's like, but there's some guys that have been pitching me. Like I'm, I'm investing in this, in the stadium in Chula Vista. I think we're going to, we're going to be like part owners of the team for MLS. And I was like, okay, that sounds weird. Okay. Now it makes sense. Oh my God. <laughs> now it makes sense. Like literally in the last five minutes, the story came out and I was like, oh, that's what that guy was talking about. Stick your hand in there, Dave. I mentioned early in the show that I put bets down on four different teams to win the national title next year. Sure. Odds from 30 on down, right? I got Florida at 125 to one. Just part of the game. Just going to see what these schools bring in for the transfer portal. And I'm telling you every day, at least twice a day, Definitely before I go to sleep, when I wake up, the middle of the day, so I guess that would be three times a day, I go to a myriad of, like, it's probably like five different sites, right? Twitter handles to get updates. There's, there's a new one right there. Uh, to get updates on what's going on in the transfer portal. 
And so the one I just saw was Zane Meeks, who actually really did in the run of Rebels by posting a double-double for San Francisco. And that loss, that really was an upset because it happened and they were in comfortable position and they just couldn't hold on to it, but they could not keep Meeks off the offensive glass. He's in the portal. Remember, he started at Nevada. So he'll be going to his third school. If runner Rebel fans are a little down on no activity right now and they lost a handful of players to the portal, chill, one. But two, look at some other situations out there. I don't know what Jeff Linder in Wyoming, they're going to pull it together, but they got a freaking right and left cross today. We just saw that Noah Reynolds, I think their best player last season, even better than Maldonado, he, his season was cut off. He averaged 15 points a game by head injuries, by concussions. He's leaving Wyoming. He's going to go to Wisconsin. Uh, I think it just came out that Gray Mike has picked his spot. He was one of the uh, All-Mountain West preseason picks. Ike's double-double you know, machine, averaged whatever he did, 18-9. to nine, Good low-post player. It looks like he's going to land at Providence. All that's right. Nice, nice Kim school. English, new coach. That's that's a hell of a get for a brand new coach. And that that school was already reeling. And I think there's a lot, there was a lot of doubt there. Like, who's Kim English? We don't know him in big E circles. Well, he just got you a 6'9, 240 guy who, if healthy, is a double double machine. Good start in the portal. Bad start for Wyoming. Good start for these other schools. They've lost everybody. Wyoming. The hits well, keep coming. And then there's the allegations of him, you know getting rough or whatever they were doing with the kids. Some of yeah. the, some of the players saying we were getting knocked around. It's one thing needlessly. to be, it's one thing to be stuck in Wyoming. It's another to have a coach berating you and aggressively coming after you. Yes. Getting hit with the pads. Oh boy. Uh, around the conference, you want some other updates? Sure. So, well, you called it. We were interviewing Shannon Kelly from Nevada Sportsnet, who we're going to have to get on this week to talk about what the team looks like now in Reno I had thrown out there, hey, good experience group coming back. Alford really should take off from here. They made the tournament, and look at this group. They're not losing anybody. And you're like, are you sure? Eh, kind of forgot about the Steve Alford effect sometimes. So they lost the freshman of the year, Darren Williams, who played his high school basketball here for a couple of years. Trey Pettigrew, another really good young guy, he went in. And now Will Baker, their seven-footer, he's in the portal as well. Everybody's back. Well, didn't turn out that way. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. It's crazy, man. And right now, Utah State doesn't have a coach. I'm looking at the list. It's a weird list. Who do you think they should hire? Go with Woj or Chris Burgess? Oh, boy. Uh, I would try to get Odom back. Well, that's not going to happen. Dave Rice? I didn't see him on this list. He's out there. He's been there before. So are you going to get barbecue tonight? I heard uh, down in Houston you went to a barbecue place and they uh, they ran out of food. Huh? Several. A, se- several? Yeah. But one in particular. One in particular. Everybody had heard about it. Everybody descended on this place around 7 o'clock. They closed at 9. And uh, it was it was chaos. Uber's dropping people off, getting in. But no, it's trivia night, Steve. 